everybody welcome back to another episode of the balanced blues brothers podcast today i'm joined by ola it's just going to be us two today to break down chelsea moving into the final of the league cup uh and after that you know not just anybody that they advanced over it was spurs of all people um and clubs that they advanced past so always great to beat them it's three nil aggregate after the one nil win today and the two nil win in the first leg so overall very commanding and performance from thomas tuchel's team and yet again, another cup final that he leads this club into. Uh, and even on the other side of the coin, that's now two straight games that Antonio Conte has lost to his uh, former employers. So, uh, so we'll break down mostly today's match. Um, I'll have you start off. You know, what did you see the, uh, going right, going in wrong in the first half? I think we're just comfortable. I think that's what it was. We're comfortable. Uh, in the first few minutes, it seemed like Tottenham were going to try and go for it. But, you know, the good thing about being 2-0 up from the first leg is you all the pressure is on the opponents. So, whatever, even if they try to come at you, you know that they have the pressure. So, the attacks likely won't come off. And once you get a goal, you know everything is settled. And that's exactly what we did. I thought... Um, I thought... Conte must have tried to match Chelsea as much as possible, even though he does play a 3-4-3. But I remember that was what Nuno did when, you know, when Mount was taken off at halftime in the league and we ended up winning 3-0. I expect that was what Nuno tried to do. Actually, he tried to outnumber us in midfield and it was working until Tuko realized that was the plan and then he changed his own plan and, and that was how it was. So I didn't see any point. At, at no point in the game did I think Dustin were threatening us to the point where there was any need for panic. And then when we started going forward, the confidence, my confidence, you know, stabilized because I knew that we have we have the better player, we have better players across the board than Tottenham. So I expected it went exactly as I expected it to. Nothing flashy, no six nails, no four nails, just a standard win, clinch it, and we move on to the final. Yeah, it was a very professional performance, and that's kind of what stuck out to me. Is yes, you know, you, it, it overall the scoreline shows that you know three 0 on over two legs. It's pretty commanding defeat, uh, defeat for Tottenham. But the thing is, in this in this match alone, you had in uh, the second half, Kepa. I mean, that was an incredible performance from him throughout today. And I think a, a, a huge shout out goes to him in this. It shows a lot of his skill range that he does have when he's on form. And I, I don't know what was going on previously, but, it, it, you know, he, if he can play like this while Mindy's gone at AFCON, I think that Chelsea are going to be more than okay. Uh, I mean, other things that stuck out for me uh, is that we're playing in a back four uh, still with a lot of these same players in a lot of the same positions that we saw them heavily criticized for. Uh, and it really just did not work out um, as nearly as well as we're seeing right now with previous managements. 
um, there. So, Ola, what, like, what do you think about this back four combination now is working, even though we have very similar personnel, what do you think is sort of the kind of been the hinge point here for why it's starting to flow much now, much more for us uh, recently than it has in the past? Um, I think it's, it comes down to new, new management. For instance, you mentioned Kepa. I think Kepa was a perfect example of a player who nothing went right for him. And because of the climate, things just kept getting worse because as a, as a goalkeeper for Southampton, if you have a bad game, it's only mentioned like once in the match and it's forgotten. Uh, for Chelsea, it will be talked about on ESPN. Pundits uh, will talk about it. Writers will write about it. The fans will talk about it. And then it continues. And when the next game comes, the pressure has mounted. And everything you do, you feel just, you just feel that the world is watching you. And, and because they are, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you get playing for the big boys. But, you know, when Tuku came in, the first thing Tuku did was to restore the calm, to bring back the structure to the team so that you know everyone knew several players mentioned everyone knowing their role everyone knowing what role they were supposed to play and that included the center backs as well i think generally there will be games where we will get away with any center back combination i i have i'm still seeing the things in rudiger that makes me convinced that he would not be good in a back four I mean, towards the end of the game today, for instance, he received the ball in the final third, tried to run to the wings. Uh, he didn't have any, you know, he didn't have anywhere to go, but he had a passing option. He didn't take it. He kept still trying to dribble, and then he lost the ball. And he found himself, you know, standing almost at the corner flag of, of the opponents, which means he's not in the back line. Which means, you know, if it's not towards the end of a game, you can be sure that the centre-back partner is exposed. And it's that kind of thing. You know, he often, he likes to drive forward. And, and that's what makes him very valuable in the, in the back three. The fact that one of them can drive forward while they still cover is what makes us, you know, is, is how we can use that to our advantage. But when he's part of a two-man, two-centre-back partnership, his driving forward is, is at a disadvantage. He had moments like that too in the in the Tottenham game last week in the first yeah. leg. It's, it's going to well, be I inevitable think, when you push that far forward that at some point it's going to bite you. Exactly. But what I mean is, you know, I think if if Tuku does want to go to a back four, he can get away with it in certain games. In certain games, it doesn't matter whether it's a back four or a back three. But the the, the, the importance of continuity is when you have a, a standard formation, not only, yes, it might be easier for your opponents to study, but it's also easier for the players to understand. I, I think we, we looked okay in the back for mainly because of our opponents. They, they didn't threaten us at all. They didn't threaten us throughout the, they didn't threaten us much in the first leg, they didn't threaten us now. Uh, I, I think when we, we play against teams that, I mean, that's, that's every formation, really. When you play against teams that are to your skill level or better, you're going to struggle regardless of the formation you play. So I I, I, I like the fact that Tukul is now experimenting with the back four. 
he seemed he seemed very reluctant to touch to touch it with a ten foot pole. So I like the fact that he's experimenting now, and the and the EFL Cup is the perfect place to experiment to do whatever experiment you want to do. I don't think, for instance, that he's going to play back for against City, but you know when he's able to he's able to give instructions now for a two centre back formation. He's able to give instructions for a back four. So when we do decide to go to a back four, I think we'll be fine, even if we're using the same same person. It's, it's all about communication, really. Not leaving your partners in you know awkward positions. So I think we'll be fine. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much more we use it, though, you know, especially how we go going forward, you know, against some big teams or if we use this adaptively for only certain matchups and we think there's going to be a they're going to counter us, you know, with a three at the back. Maybe that's what we do. I don't know if this is kind of going to be like a one B plan going forward. Uh, and still, you know, what's gotten us here going to be like kind of that one A. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I still think it's going to be when everybody's healthy and fit. I think I would be a little uh, against saying that Tomas Tuchel is going to move to, a, you know, a back four all the time. But there's always this insistence that's always rumbling in the fan base to get away from a back three. And, and that's been like that even since probably the, you know, the middle of the Conte days. So it, it, I don't know why that is. Um, you know, there, there's always been this preference to play in back four, but we're finally seeing that now and we're actually seeing it go pretty well, which is, which is to say it might be going well now, but who knows how it's going to continue to go because like we saw previously with a lot of these same players in those same positions, we saw that there was just a lot of inconsistency uh, between games and, and how this would back four and kind of this overall type of system would play out. Yeah, I, I think the, the back four thing is mainly the reason why Tuko can just go to a back four and why it's not advisable, why I wouldn't advise it anyway, is because it's not just the center backs, it's the central midfielders, it's the full backs. I think our forwards, I, I know this is weird to, to anyone who thinks we're supposed to have forwards who put up Mohamed Salah number. But I think our forwards will be fine in whatever formation we play. But the rest of the team have such unique skill sets. For instance, Matikovacic, if he's not put in a, in a double six, he's not a DM, he's not an attacking midfielder. So when you, when you put him in a, in, in, in a, in a three-center center midfield formation, you don't quite get the best out of him there. You can't put him as a defense midfielder because he's, he's, not, he's not that guy. His distribution is very good, and he probably would do fine there. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, how well a player is in a, in a certain position is not how he performs against the easy teams. It's how he performs against the more difficult teams and the, and the tougher teams. I, for instance, think a back four with our players would be easier to exploit in, in Premier League games, for instance, because the intensity of Premier League games is, is, is much higher. The stakes are much higher. In EFL Cup games, you can put out whatever team you want and you can prioritize. When you, when you come into an EFL Cup game, you know what the manager is thinking. You know how, he's, he's, how important he, he, he sees the game. No manager is going to look at a league game and say, uh, I'll prioritize something else over this. So I think it's, it's easier to exploit a, a, a back four with, with, with our players. I think our full backs do better in a back three. I think everyone could use the everyone could use the cover. Jorginho has his own weaknesses when he's when he's isolated, and while he does a lot of things to make sure that doesn't happen, 
at the end of the day, the opponents are working hard to put you in that situation. So at some point, you get into that situation. And that's why, you know, Jorginho's dribble pass numbers are quite high, even though his tackle numbers are also high. So he wins a lot of tackles. He makes a lot of interceptions. But you can isolate him and you can get past him. And, he, you know, he's not a fast player. So I think the, the rave, should I say, for, for a back four is... I suspect is people wanting to be like they are looking at Liverpool and City and thinking for us to be for us to be as good as they are, we need to play their formation. And while they play the same, while they play similar formations, they have completely different types of players, they have different levels of players in different positions. And you know, it's we don't we don't have we we, we are we are creating chances as, as it is. We are just not finishing our chances. Playing in a back four just means that Tupel has to account for a lot more things than he is now. He has solved a lot of problems moving to a yeah. back three. Moving to a back four will just create some problems that he will it's, have to solve again. It's always going to be really tough just, to like have this mid-season transition. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why that's why I kind of make like go with the point you were making about how this is an EFL Cup game and not necessarily a league game. And it's a lot more easy to experiment. Uh, with these kind of changes and those matches just due to the nature and the circumstances of them compared to a league match, particularly is like you're referencing the priority, how the priorities are different between those two and rightfully so, um, you know, I still would love for us to win a cup, but I don't know if I would want us to go full strength against this and then rest a bunch of players for, you know, our upcoming league game. And we'll talk about that uh, soon enough, but <clears throat> So I, I agree with what you're saying there, but I, I think we're going to have a lot more indication after the next month or so. Because uh, if we can bring some players in, I think we'll probably stick to what's gotten us where we are and, and done so well for us. Um, but if we can't, then I think it's going to be a bit more interesting of a conversation. Uh, and we'll just kind of have to play that by ear and see where it goes and what Tuchel continually selects on the field. And he continues to persist with this formation uh, in a little bit different system that he's employed the, the uh, last two matches against Spurs in the League Cup. But after dispatching them, you know, pretty overall professional performance, 1-0. Um, you know, there's a, a few VAR reviews. There's some interesting moments, um, some good uh, individual performances. Uh, but overall, just enough to beat them, you know, fully guarantee that we're on the next round. And really, Tottenham were never in this tie all of that much. Yeah, they, were you know, never they, they, tie, yeah exactly. they trailed for the, most of the entirety of the, the 180 minutes. So you got you to gotta say that it is a thoroughly – uh, deserved uh, result from Chelsea today uh, and overall. And I think that, you know, there's still shows there's a lot of work for Antonio Conte still to do. Um, and it still shows also conversely what we've been talking about, uh, just how brilliant Thomas Tuchel is and how he's able to completely transform this squad. And I think he's done a lot of that with just his overall man management and overall how he's instilled confidence in every one of these players. He's given these players that didn't have before. He's given them this role, this hope, uh, and he's just done that in such a, a, a brilliant way. And uh, again, I think so many Chelsea fans feel like this guy is someone that could lead us for years. And, you know, I'm, I'm continually convinced that that is the case with him. Um, but now, now we will be going into a final. And in the last time that Tomas Tuchel uh, coached this team in a cup final um, last season, right? Champions League won, FA Cup lost. And then we also had, you know, the Super Cup. It was lifted earlier this year as well. Um, so with that said, you know, the League Cup now uh, in the final, what do you what do you make of this final? Uh, what do you expect um, overall? Do you think that, I mean, you know, 
depends upon opponents and all of that kind of stuff as well. But how do you feel about the odds of, of that going into it? Um, you know, do you have any doubts that the FA Cup might be repeated again there where we had a kind of a total collapse or not? Provided Liverpool or, or Arsenal or whoever, I'll I say Liverpool. Provided yeah. don't, you it'll, know, it's going to be replayed again. It's going to be replayed. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's gonna... If they actually show up to the final and don't test false positives, then yeah, I think we'll be fine. Liverpool are as tough as they are. They found it difficult to beat us. And that's not coincidence. It's not coincidence that they go around putting four or five past people and then they meet Chelsea and they just can't get as much freedom as they like. Uh, on paper, Mohamed Salah probably sees Marcus Alonso on his wing and thinks, ah, that's, that's fantastic. And then the match comes and, you know, no hat-trick for him. I mean, he did score the last time we met, but, you know... Oh, yeah, he went not, right around Alonso. The last two times. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, he doesn't find it as easy as many fans, especially Chelsea fans, expect it to be. I think I would be more... As ironic as it sounds, I'll I'll be I'll prefer to face no I'll prefer to face Arsenal in the final. I would have said Liverpool, but I'll prefer to face Arsenal in the well, final. Well, I mean, I, I know, uh, I know the, the final wouldn't be played until after Afcon is is over, so it's not like we would have a, a massive competitive advantage to play them uh, to play them immediately. You know, if we were to yeah. go up against Liverpool again in the final, it's not. Because the, the the return leg is going to be on you know uh, January twentieth for the second leg of that, so I you know I don't think it, it, we're not going to have a huge uh, advantage competitively there. So I, I'm with you. I'd rather play Arsenal as well. Um, but you know they credit to Arsenal. You know they kind of have been this upstart you know young team again um, in the Premier yeah. League. But no, I, 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 I go ahead. The reason I say Arsenal is because you know they they did beat us in that cup final when Lampard was manager, but we still have better players than Arsenal. There's no dispute with that. <laughs> with Liverpool, you know, I mean, take our last game against Liverpool, for instance, by halftime, it was 2 nil. In a cup final, how does that affect the players' mentality? If you, I mean, to be fair, by halftime, it was 2-2. That's, I'm wrong about that. By halftime, it was 2-2. We did equalize before halftime, but it felt like it was I generally two halves, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I generally don't like the idea of going to nail down in any game, really. So and and much less in a cup final. So but that's the kind of thing you, you get against Liverpool. Two moments of indiscretion and poor judgment, and you can be two nil down. And against Arsenal, you know, they still need a lot of I I'll I'll back us better against Arsenal, but I'm not afraid of Liverpool one bit. In fact, Liverpool are I'm much less afraid of Liverpool now than I was some some seasons ago. And and that's largely thanks to Thomas Tuku. But I realized that, you know, just like just like Chelsea, Liverpool are also they have their they have their days. We we had our days when we we're beating all the pool were beaten and we we're top of the table and then we started drawing games and we lost once since we lost to Juventus. We we've lost only once, but the narrative is looks as if We've been losing as much as we've been winning, you know. So yeah. it just shows how high the standard has risen. And yeah. But I think I think we'll be fine in the final. I think the fact that we are now there and we're waiting for Arsenal and Liverpool to sort themselves out is both well for us. Yeah, I mean it also gives us more time to prepare, it gives us time to rest, gives us time to, you know, maybe even integrate different parts of the system that Thomas Tuchel seems to be shifting to a little bit, um, which is an interesting proposition for us. But you know, it's going to be very dependent. I do think that given how we've played Liverpool lately, 
that we could go toe to toe for them against them either way. I, I don't have a too much fear <clears throat> that, you know, one way or the other that they're going to, you know, roll us over or anything like that. I don't think that's going to happen, especially not in a cup final, but I think that, uh, I'm with you. I'd much rather play Arsenal just because, again, that they're a team that's much more young. They don't have necessarily all of that experience um, being in those cup finals. And part of that is going to make um, is going to make this a little bit, you know, more appealing of a matchup. Right. Because that moment can be huge for some players that have never been there. Um, and in terms of at least of a starting 11 capacity. Um, so I, that's why I'd rather just play Arsenal in general and just, you know, beating Arsenal, maybe be a little bit more fun than uh than beating liverpool i don't it's pretty close these days really arsenal have fallen off quite a bit but um that kind of gets us into the next thing right so chelsea's schedule has actually been quite you know it's been pretty difficult so far um this month what it will be this month <clears throat> already with two games against spurs coming up on saturday though is going to be man city away which you know, I, I don't know, but I think this this game really is not going to decide anything for the title. I, I don't know if you think differently a lot, but I feel like the title is probably going to be very processional at this point, and City will just kind of walk their way to that finish line. Um, but as far as the match on, on Saturday, what are you expecting? You know, how do you expect us to uh, to come out, and how do you expect us to try to counter City um, throughout the first half and, you know, maybe into the second half tomorrow or on Saturday, I think it's going to be a really difficult task. I mean, that's obvious. It's a pretty clear statement. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I just think with the form they're in, with the injuries we have without our wing backs, it seems that when we go back for against city in the past with these players, it's just been uh, absolute slaughter. Yeah. I think the, the way we beat city is the only way to beat city. We absorb, we counter. That's the only way to do it. We we matched them up in the in the Champions League final. The intensity was high. As far as I'm concerned, that's not worth it in a, in in a league game of you know game week 21 or game week 22. I I agree that the the only reason is important, which is a big enough reason for it to be important, is is because you know if we want to resurrect our title hopes, whatever that means. Getting points from those above us is extremely important too. Getting points from from City will be will, will be nice, but they are ten points away. Even if we do get points from them, we don't play Liverpool or City again this season. They are ten points. They are ten points clear. If we beat them, they will be seven points clear, and then we we still have to go 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 meet Brighton and West Ham, and it is against those teams that we've dropped points this season. So I think generally. We'll just have to sit back. We'll have to be compact. We can't afford to try to be expansive. Whatever formation we play, we'll, we'll sit back. We'll, we'll do it the way we've been doing it over the years. Absorb. Let electricity pass around us. Well, electricity pass in front of us. Keep them in your sights. Press them at smart times. We have to time our, our pressing because you can't get the ball of City. That sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not. You can't get the ball of them. It's crazy. So, you know, we, we just have to make sure that we are intelligent now we, we walk off the ball so that we don't wear ourselves out. And we'll be fine. I agree. It doesn't have a bearing on the title race. They, it's cities to lose. If they lose a 10 they've never lost a 10-point gap. They, they've never done it. They won't do it. They won't do it. No, they're, they're not going to blow that gap. So even if we do beat them on, on Saturday, it's not going to do anything as far as the title race is concerned. It would take an absolute collapse for Man City at this point. 
um, for them to, to lose, you know, the position they have. I don't see that happening. And if it does happen, that's when I think you could actually have some legitimate gripes against Pep Guardiola, but none of that is going to happen. They're going to, you know, like I said, I think this will be a total procession the, the rest of the way through, <clears throat> but the only thing that getting a result is really going to do for us on Saturday, uh, whether it's a point or three points, which I don't think will happen. Um, is that it's going to really set us up in a very good spot uh, for the rest of our, our season's charge in the league. I think even finishing second, just to finish above Liverpool would be, honestly, that would be such a good thing for us because it, it, within the full context, this Chelsea squad is up against this Liverpool and Man City squad that have just absolutely run, for the most part, they have run English football for the last, what, five years, six years, um, and yeah. getting close to that, that level of time. I mean, we're talking since... Conte second season, sorry, Lampard, Lampard too cool. Five years now, this has just been them running the table. And we're starting to finally see a little bit of a, you know, where there's a clear path that can challenge right now with Chelsea. Um, and then you have a little bit closer there in fourth where you see Arsenal starting to play. You know, just you just saw them playing Man City much more closely uh, last weekend. But I think the overall thing here is that there's a clear divide and in, in, in City are not going to drop as many more points. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I think that we're going to go out there. We're going to play a back three just because that seems to be what works best against them. And with that said, I just, with what we have to work with in the back three, I just think that we're working with uh, non-ideal parts right now for this system. And it, it, whether that's Alonzo or Azpilicueta wingbacks or whatever it may be, a shuffling of the back line. I, I just don't think that's going to suit us. You don't want to see Pulisic or Cho being, you know, shoved into wing back for this game. It's just, this is just not how we're going to beat Man City. And without the personnel, I think we really have seen now how much we desperately rely upon both Chilwell and Reese James in those wing back spots uh, after that, you know, they've gone off with their respective injuries for their more than likely the rest of the season. I, I just don't see how we're going to get a result. Uh, against Man City I think we'll keep it close I think I don't think we're going to get humiliated or anything like that I don't think it's going to be a terrible result but I don't think that we're going to get uh, a point out of this match I, 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 I'm not sure what you think what, what do you kind of think about this match in terms of how, how do we how do we come back to Stanford Bridge on Saturday I, I, I think it's um, I, I, I agree with you I don't think we're going to get beat I I, I think we'll probably get beat we, I mean we're going to the Etihad but I don't think we'll get uh, I don't think we'll get battered like the six men, for instance, a certain manager once oversaw. I think we would uh, there's something we'll say about that too losing. Loudly. We're gonna have a six nil versus one nil debate again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, generally the, the position we are in now, um, goal difference is extremely important. We can't afford to go out and be expansive and then lose and in addition to losing have that that much impact on our on our goal difference so i think if we're going to lose it probably will be a, a one nil a one nil loss i didn't like the look of the of the home game against city because not because of our tactics or anything but because we were so completely outplayed it was embarrassing to watch but other than that i, I think you know, the, the players will realize that they have to step up their game in games like this at the end of the day. The manager can do everything, you know. The manager can put out the tactics, but ultimately, you can't, if, if your ball retention is not good against City, you are done. You are done because you're not going to get the ball of them. So if the few times you get the ball of them, you can't keep it, you're in trouble. 
So uh, in that situation, Tukul is not going to come to the beach and teach you how to how to keep the ball. Uh, I mean, even Kovacic was losing the ball, he was he was. I, I noticed in, in the in the reverse fixture of this game that the Chelsea players held the ball as if they thought they had time, and it, it, it's. I was thinking about it like, have you people never watched this city this city team play? No one has time on the ball. None, not even the goalkeeper of the opponent. None of them have time on the ball. So why would you hold the ball and and still have to be thinking about it? Okay, let everybody calm down. Let me let me see what what do I do with this ball? And of course, you've lost it. So we will have to do better in that regard. Other than that, there's not really much you can do against City. You have to get the ball of them first. Good luck with that. We'll be fine, but I'm not. I'm not, for instance, holding my Tukul out placard if, if we lose this game, for instance. Because, you know, you, you can't win games on willpower. You can't win games because you want to make a statement. You have to win the game because you deserve to win the game at the end of the day. And when you come against a formidable opponent like Manchester City, you, you definitely have to deserve your victory. And we can't afford any sloppiness. Not, not, not being sloppy doesn't even guarantee that you won't, you won't, they won't put five past you. But we have to do our own jobs and, you know, there's nothing we can do about how good City are because they are quite good. They're quite good. They can yeah. play without KDB and still create as much as they want. I mean, they're just an incredible squad all around, I think. It's crazy. Uh, they're, I mean, they just have so much to work with at their disposal that so many others don't have. Uh, it, it, it is really impressive. But I, I do think that, you know, like I said, I don't think we're going to get beat bad. I think what you're saying, like a 1-0 loss, is a pretty respectable thing for me. I think that's about what I'm expecting to and not trying to be pessimistic or anything. I'm just trying to say, I think that's the realistic result for us in this match and nothing personal against the squad. Uh, I, I just think it's a very tall order to go into that, into their home and beat them. But, you know, we, we've seen stranger things before, so who knows? It might happen. It might not. But uh, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I don't know if you have any other final comments. Um you know, about the, about the performance today or, you know, what's going on. We got a little bit more time here. I figured we could talk about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I wanted to, you know, we have a lot of injuries to key players, so it would not be realistic to go into the match still thinking, yes, we should be able to win this. Exactly. We, even with a full squad, even with a full squad with resumes still well and whoever, we still have a lot of work to do to beat City. With those players missing, it's going to be harder. It's not. It, it's it's unfair to it's unfair to be aware of how much injuries you have, and the position the manager is in. In that you know he has injuries to some centre backs. Um, Thiago Silva came on today, and that's that's good to see that he can play. But I don't know how fit he is. Yeah. We we know how important resilience was to us in terms of defending, creating, even scoring, assisting. He's, he's not there now. We know how important he was to us. We know how important Kovacic was. Kovacic is back now, but, you know, we can't pretend that everything is still fine and we still expect... I mean, no one expects Chelsea to beat City. Not even Chelsea fans expect Chelsea to beat City. We hope we can do it. We, we believe we can do it, but it's not an expectation. It's not the same way you go into a match against Spurs and you think we should be beating them because we have better players than them. They have better players generally than us. The, the team has played together for much longer. And, you know, it's not pessimistic to, to uh, not anticipate, but to not be surprised by a 1-0 loss. 
I mean, we are going to do our best. We're definitely going to do our best. And I'm sure Tuku will not send the team out there telling them, you know, just just keep it as low as possible. Keep it to 20. I'm sure he won't say that. He would want to win the game, but we all know he can't win the game just because he wants to. So, generally, that's that's fine. I think uh, today's performance was the kind of performance we need in in a cup final, for instance. Be shameless. Yeah, don't, I thought, I thought today's performance showed a lot of professionalism and like kind of maybe that we've restored some stability, uh, you know, kind of the right of the ship from where we were just, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well because the at some point, you know, Tuko was being questioned, why, why are your players not listening to you? And that's the kind of media narrative that you can only pull on a Chelsea manager. That's the, that's the kind of question you can only ask a Chelsea manager because... You know, we know we all know about Chelsea. You know, Chelsea is, for all intents and purposes, a trigger happy board. So when, oh, yeah. when you can easily create that kind of narrative against the manager and to take hold, but because you know we all know the the Lukaku incident was a perfect example of how of Tuchel's standing at the club. You can't you know just pull any sort of narrative on him and then he's under pressure. That's not how it works. And, you know, he has done well to put a lot of credit in the bank. As at this time last season, we were not well where we are now. Uh, Lampard left us with 29 points on the board, or slightly more. I think it was 29 points on the board. We are for three points now. So it, it shows the difference between last season and this. Uh, with the position, the place where we were last season is not where we are now. If we even remove the Champions League trophy that he that he brought in, all the things to go did since he has come, has shown that you know we are definitely moving in a different direction than where we were where at the time Lampard was sacked. So I'm not, I'm not. I, I see some people. I think some people are still looking forward to get irritated about, and when they don't find, they turn on Tuku as usual, but. Uh, Tuko doesn't have any problem. He's, he's, we at, at the time when we we lost to West Ham, it seemed like you know everything was going to come crashing down, and then we drew some games after that, and then we drew to Zenith, and people were asking questions, and then as we we're trying to find our feet, the Lukaku interview happened, and you know it was just exactly what Tuko called it uh, an unneeded distraction, because they already had enough problems without trying to. Them put out the flames that all that came with. So I, I like how Tuku handled the situation. I like how Tuku. I like the fact that he involved a lot of his senior players in the decision to leave him out of the side against Liverpool. He's, you know, he 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 looks like someone that is not going to be toppled by player power anytime soon, because he has a very good grip on his senior people and his his influential players. So that's. That's just a manager who has learned from other people's mistakes. You know, many people say experience is the best teacher, but really other people's experiences is the best teacher. Why wait for it to happen to you when you can learn from others? So yeah. He has he has learned a lot. And if Chelsea doesn't fumble the bag, Tuko should be here for quite a long time. But you know, I think we've said this. <laughs> we've said this story many times. We say this, we say this every month at the beginning of every season when we have a good manager or a decent manager. But yes, this one is is a lot more important because I've seen the, I've seen managers around. I've seen managers of other clubs 
I would not take I wouldn't take club over Tukul, and I mean that I wouldn't take club over Tukul. Uh, Tukul has not come in and whined about not having his own players. He hasn't come in and talked well, about. He, he won immediately. He didn't take years to. Yeah, develop exactly. And, so I mean, he, he, he made didn't... his system overnight, and I mean, this the change was almost seamless, and it seemed impossible this time last year, like when Lampard was. You know, it, it, we we all kind of saw with the writing on the wall. And knew what you know, I know what he wanted to, to happen. It was it, you know it was awful you know the morning that, that happened. But uh, when he was like, oh, but man, I mean, it, it, Tuchel just came over immediately, changed things, and it was so seamless. I, I mean, so I'm with you. I, I think this is the guy that can lead us for the future. And I haven't been this assured of a manager like that since the Antonio Conte days. But even by season two, I was with Antonio Conte saying I don't see any way that this continues. The the, the situation just seemed to be incredibly dire and just lacking at, for everybody involved, you know, board, coach, uh, you know, management, uh, players, everybody just seemed very uninterested. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen in those situations, given everything that we had behind the scenes context. So although that was very difficult, <clears throat> you know, I think that Tuchel doesn't seem that way. He seems to understand that this is the way it is. I'll work with what I have, but we can see that that probably will only be, you know, something that Tuchel can tolerate to a limit. If he continually yeah. doesn't get as many targets, then there might be some friction. Yeah. But the, the other part of it too is, you know, it's why we should have reasonable targets and a wide range of targets. Wide range, not necessarily just have any, any kind of replacement. But ultimately, for instance, let's take last season, for example, let's say Tuchel wanted Haaland. Who didn't, right? But at the end of the day, you don't you don't get Haaland because you want to. There's the money aspect of it. There's Raila to deal with. There's the transfer fee, just the share transfer fee. There's the wages. You know, it's it's it was a it was a big ask to to get anybody or to pressure anybody into bringing in Haaland. And let's not forget, Haaland's interest in Chelsea is also an important thing because while we may be interested in him, is he interested in us? There's there are a lot more attractive clubs around. The city is more attractive than us right now. Liverpool is more attractive than us right now. Though they don't have the money. Bayern, Real Madrid, not Barcelona, definitely not Barcelona. But there are a lot more attractive clubs than us, and all these things are going to be difficult. The same thing with Hakimi. Let's say Tuku wanted Hakimi. At the end of the day, it was a lot of money that PSG were ask that Inter were asking for a fullback. So yep. I I am at I'm I'm an advocate for reasonable targets and that's why i think we should stop looking at the big names the popular names in the market because the transfer market is is built off of you know that kind of thing when a player is in high demand everyone is mentioning talking about the player the price will go up when the hype around the player is, is high the, the the price will go up and regardless of what the player actually brings in terms of substance, what he actually brings to the team, a lot of times that is swallowed up in, in the hype. So mm-hmm. instead of clubs to look at what they want in a player, regardless of whether the player plays in League One or plays in Bundesliga or plays in the Premier League, look at the qualities you want. When you find it, you go after the player. They look at the name and then the, the right questions will be asked. For instance, then as as magnificent the player as he is, we should have looked at his 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 numbers and known that okay, we need to create quite a lot for him to be as prolific as he was. 
we might need a certain formation in place to get the best out of Werner. But we didn't, you know, we didn't do all that. We just saw, oh, he, he scored the second most amount of goals behind behind Lewandowski. Yes, let's get him. And then we got him, and now we're asking all sorts of questions. We're moving the formation around. I think, in a way, maybe we, we got into that with Lukaku, but I'm not making any comments yet on Lukaku because he's just six months into his into his stand. He has not really gotten any form of consistency really yet. So Lukaku, whether, whether we, we, we spent the right money, whether we were right to spend that money on Lukaku is still yet to be seen. We'll make our judgment at the at the end of the season. But I think we should we should look in unusual places. Unusual places being don't go after delete. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything. Maybe I have something against delete, but delete is just we're going to spend 80 million on that, and we don't need to spend 80 million on a center back, as far as I'm concerned. Delete is not as good, it's not good enough to, to for us to spend 80 million on, you know. So it's just that kind of thing when we don't look in depth and we don't do uh, sufficient research on players, we just get the, the newest shiny toy. I see people talking about Chiesa. I see people talking about Delete. I see people talking about, you know, I'm seeing all sorts of names being thrown around and I'm not sure if if those those players are, are the right players for Chelsea. Many people want new strikers. Many people want new wingers. Many people want new central midfielders. And at the end of the day, these players need to, it's still too good that has to work with them. And when you demand what you want and let's even say the board agrees with you that, yes, I would like to have Delete in the team. I would like to have this player at 80 million, at, at 100 million, at 120 million. When when all these players come to the club, at the end of the day, they will be judged like every other player by merit. If they don't deserve to play, they won't play. And if you bring in a player that you know you paid 100 million for and is not doing well, he's going to sit, and then fans are going to be irritated again. So I think it's best to let Tuku decide what he wants in the absence of a the director of football is better less to pick the players that he wants to have in his system because Tuku Tuku's um, attention to detail is it shows me that he can identify a player, he can handpick a player from a multitude and and be spot on with it. I think the Saul Saul deal was initially looking like it was a bad one, but after giving him time, it seems like Saul is coming around. So we will reserve our comments on that. But yes, generally, I think we 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 have to we, we definitely need to bring in players this 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 January. We definitely need some players. We don't no, have fullbacks. We, we definitely do. Say, we're, we're really short at fullback and wingback. Like I I, I don't that, know. That's also tricky. That's so tricky because Rhys James will come back. I mean, it was six weeks, so he will come back. If we get oh, another, no, no, he tore his hamstring. He's out until probably April. Like oh. at, at bed, yeah. I don't know. I saw six weeks. I don't know. I, I thought he. I, I thought I heard that he had torn his. So it's more like three, four months then. Let me. Let me. Uh, I can double check that for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, but, we know uh, Ben Chelwell is going to be out. So yes, it's out. It's, it's done. It's done for this season anyway, at least. So and, and that's the thing. We, we have injuries, long term injuries for all intents and purposes. But if we get players, many people want us to get players that we can use now. And yeah, many people still want us to get quality that can improve the side. That's going to be difficult. Getting a, a, a an option that can, let's say, give you what Tewell was giving you, 
and still get someone that you can easily switch out of the side when Chihuahua comes back into the team. Yes, we all cry for competition of places, but that's a lot more difficult to implement in real life than, you know, in, in articles. Competition for places is all nice until you have Mares, Sterling, and Foden fighting for the same spot. It's fantastic until you have Chihuahua, Lucas Dean, and Max Alonso fighting for the same spot. And then Alonso benches two of them, and then there's Opera, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, generally, I think it's a tricky situation, and Chelsea has to tread carefully. Alone will probably be the best thing. I don't suppose calling back Emerson. We have no we have no use for Emerson. We had Emerson and we didn't use Emerson. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that we're suddenly going to be very interested in, in playing Emerson. But you know, yeah, to his own. But I mean, we, we, we definitely need players in this general. Definitely. We need to do something. We can't just sit idly by with what we have. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna absolutely run like Alonzo and Azpilicueta into yeah. the ground. Yeah, and and many many who are going to get irritated again when he starts playing a lot of games and he gets a lot of mileage and he's looking tired. People, would, oh, this is what he does. He plays well sometimes and then he just falls off. He does this every season, you know. Alonso is not a fast player. He manages his fitness. He manages his, himself on the pitch so that he doesn't use up more energy than he needs to. But at the end of the day. The wing back is a very tasking position. And when oh, yeah. you put that amount of task on one player continuously, it's going to eventually tell whoever it is, even if it is the fastest player in the world playing as wing back, Alfonso Davis, for instance, it will eventually tell. So we definitely need someone to back up Alonso at the right wing spot because uh, today we played Kalimantanado at, at left wing back. I don't know how useful Tanado will be in defensive situations, but. We know the left wing back spot is not just about going forward. We got away with it because it was Tottenham and we could just, you know, there, there was no difference between the winger and the wing back today. But we will come against teams where that distinction will be there. And, you know, it's, I, I, I also don't, I don't have a solution. I don't have a ready-made solution now because it's a tricky one. But we, we, need, we need to do something about our situation because we only have uh, Max Alonso. If you can't ask me as a centre back, we can't we have, have Alonso be the only left wing back. That's just not a feasible. We can't. We no, can't we have can't. Alonso be the only one. I mean, given age, the the you know the tread on the tire. He's been around a while. We can't do that. It's just a very poor strategy, and it's going to probably backfire. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. It is, and, and and then you might force <clears throat> you might force into something that you really don't want to do, and completely change tactics. But I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. You know, there's still. About three full, you know, two and a half weeks still left in the month. We're going to see uh, what plays out, but um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a good fight for Chelsea here this month, uh, given the fixtures and the transfer market. Um, it's going to you know be quite a bit of intrigue going forward, but uh, you know, I I, I I still do have some concerns this season given the the injuries we are facing, and it seems like we are kind of in this, like, uh, trying to bring Emerson back and it's not going well with Leon. I don't know how this is all going to shake out, but, you know, time will tell and uh, and we'll go from there. But um, I think that'll about wrap it up today. Uh, thanks for coming on, Alwa. Uh, really good discussion today. Um, yeah, this was pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think we're kind of both expecting the same thing, um, accepting the fate, unfortunately, for Saturday against City. But we'll see how it goes. You know, hopefully we come back and can discuss a win. But until next time, keep the blue flag flying high.